Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at when it comes to this market trade this week. We know there was a little bit of pull back for a second there on the corn not much but the soybeans are the ones that have been leading in the saddle and pulling everybody along including including the wheat market which i kind of find interesting some think wheat might still be cheap we're going to talk about that and what's happened within the soybean meal sue martin is joining us she is with ag and investment out of clarion iowa and sue we got to start out with what's happened in the soybeans this week they definitely have been the ones pulling the rest of this grain complex along Well, absolutely. Um, Soybeans, you know, it seems like we're playing tag, you know. First, it's beans that really ran, and corn was kind of quiet, but grudgingly coming along. Then all of a sudden, you know, the safrina uh, crop in Brazil, dealing with the weather they're dealing with, and the late planting, um, got it started. And then the next thing was, oh, you know, we've really got tight supplies here in the U.S., and then it was all of a sudden concerned about how dry we are as well. And so the market started pushing. And I know there's some thoughts that um, weather-wise that back in April, the weather models uh, uh, overstated the rain potential. And they're thinking now that's happening again in the month of May. And it very well may be. But the bean market... Um, then it was corn that took off, wheat a little bit along because it happened to compete as a feed. But uh, then you look at beans and and the limits, the trading limits of uh, what a market can move in a day are expanded here as of uh, this past Monday. And um, on beans went from 70 cents to a dollar, corn from uh, 25 to 40. But it wasn't the corn uh, extension that was put on it was the the dollar limit potential in beans which means in a day's time you can go from limit up to limit down and see a two dollar range that adds up and all of a sudden everybody that's you know been in the market a lot of people making money uh got a little nervous and said i'm going to take my money off the table i'm just not comfortable with this so we seen it last friday we seen it monday tuesday and then by wednesday it was starting to get complete so truthfully that's that kind of a wallowing and vacillating that the market went through uh was not really bearish because that's getting rid of uh, longs in the market and getting rid of, and maybe shorts too, but getting rid of longs and people who would be, I would call them more weak longs, so to speak. So that set the market up for to get past that. Now it's kicking in and moving. And, of course, continuing to see dry weather and what have you. Now um, there's talk that they're disking up the uh, safrina corn in some areas. And um, with the thought that they'll plant either soybeans or wheat, we think it'll probably be wheat um, because as dry as the dirt is, they may try to stick the wheat in and then see if they don't catch rain at a later time. But there's no rain in uh, Brazil for the forecast for the next, especially in the majority of crop areas through the next 10 days. And temperatures are going to be warmer than normal. And so that's going to cause these crops to come forward with the dryness and mature a lot quicker than they usually would. That's also affecting the coffee market. Um, those trees, when, you know, when you affect those trees adversely, they don't just come out of it very easily with a rain. They have to have consistent 
and maybe even some heavier rains that will get down to the roots. So the trees there are uh, not setting as many nodes, and it's those nodes that next year will set the flowers on and then the cherries for the coffee beans. So, um, you know, they're seeing it in a wide range. You know, the sugar cane's dealing with it a little bit. Um, you're seeing it in cotton and Brazilian crops. But when you look at the wheat, um, you know, Brazil's shifting over to feeding wheat. The U.S. is seeing a shift that's going that way. Now, it doesn't happen just overnight. And once you make that switch, those animals are on that till they go to market. And um, then not only U.S. and Brazil, but now also, of course, as China was the first one to start making that that change. So, And it's because of prices. But are prices done? No. We believe that corn is going to push. Uh, well, first off, we're into layers now with a lead contract, which is the May, and that expires next Friday. Uh, but we're pull up into levels now where we're starting to peel back layers. And after taking out 765, which was uh, the uh, high for a lead contract back in 2008, um, now the next layer will be 799, which happened to be a lead contract's high in um, 2011. It also was the D's high in 2008. And if we can get through that, so I'd say got to go through $8 because then you're pushing through that, that next ledge of resistance. Well, now it sends you up to about 834 to, and actually I would say more doable is the 849 and a half all time high. And the market will try to take a look at that. And of course there's going to be some selling along the way, but, uh, the market will keep trying to push for that. And as farmers aren't selling much right now, you can see that in the basis levels that are, are going on. There was $8 corn uh, today in uh, St. Louis. So uh, basis is very strong. End users are trying to buy corn. Um, you know, it's, it's a concern. But as we start to work, if by some chance, and I don't know if we'll get this done, but if we do take out the... Uh, uh, all-time high of 849 and a half. Now you've got 936 coming at you. And I would not underestimate the market goes for it. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's all ifs because we've got to get through these layers. It's like unpeeling an onion. And, um, and we're into some very important layers. To- we've got a lot more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue that conversation with Sue Martin of Ag and Investments. So we left off, and as we were talking about this wheat, and I know that you had mentioned earlier in part one about uh, the disking that's going on to some of the Safrina corn crop, and they're looking to, to plant wheat. Is it in part because it's wheat is cheaper, or as you and I were talking, possible feed option to happen? I think it's the possible feed options because, um, you know, a lot of this safrina corn is going to get pulled towards, well, it was going to be feed. The first crop gets fed too. And the second crop, which is safrina, normally gets exported. But in this case, corn, safrina corn is getting pulled in several directions. And because of the cost of corn, it is shifting demand over to wheat. 
And I think that's why we're seeing more of an increased uh, incentive to plant wheat uh, for feed usage down in Brazil. And, of course, like I say, we're seeing it in the U.S. and in uh, China. But the other thing is the sugarcane crop, usually a chunk of that goes to ethanol in Brazil. They have a pretty ambitious uh, program. and um, But this year, sugarcane is uh, going to go out the door in the export market as raw sugar. And so that's another uh, step that so, um, safarina corn is going to have to fill is uh, step into those shoes as ethanol. And so wheat, I think, yeah, you can use wheat as ethanol, but I think wheat's going to be uh, utilized for feed usage more than anything. And so when I look at wheat, you know, the Middle East, now I know they have a lot of sand, but the Middle Eastern countries are dealing with drought as well. And that means their wheat crops are suffering there also. And then you've got Russia. And while Russia's kind of, their pasta prices are high and what have you, um, they didn't put um, export bans or duties on for no reason. They did it to try to kind of soften the blow for food inflation. And, you know, you've got uh, China talking about uh, the vice premier of China, Li Ha, talking about food security and how important it is and trying to entice farmers to plant more corn and soybeans. And you've got um, India going through a tough situation right now with COVID, but that's just backing up pent-up demand, and that'll come full force. They're going to have a lot of people to take care of. Russia, you know, same thing, dealing with some weather issues and, of course, you know, they teeter from, okay, the crop's going to be good, then it maybe isn't so good. And But, um, you know, they've had their their concerns about food uh, security as well. And, I mean, there's other countries, too. So uh, I think that when we look at uh, food, it's a very important thing. And you look at the money that's been printed and been given out as stimulus. And I seen where I believe it was International Commodity um, or International Monetary Fund had made a comment that by the end of 2023, they felt there would be an awful lot of money in circulation that we would see global economies very good. And I thought, mm-hmm, yep, inflation. And on top of it, you know, I just think we're a blend. I've always thought we'd see the 70s relived. This, you know, um, this year, tomorrow, or 2022 and 2023. However, I don't only think it's just the 70s coming back. I think we're looking at, um, you know, 1918, 19, 1920 that evolved out of a pandemic into the roaring 20s. So I think you've got a blend of all of this going on. And then you throw weather in on this. And of course, back in the early 70s, we had weather hit us. It hit Russia, and they came in as huge buyers. In fact, they bought wheat, and I think wheat went limit up 13 days um, before they canceled their orders, and then, you know, the market fell. So, you know, we're seeing things that um, these are just, you know, I'm reading now comments by various sources that say we're into a super cycle in commodities. You know, all of a sudden they're thinking this way. Where have they been? You know, all the signs have been out there. And um, and this is just getting going. You know, you look at how strong this market has been and relentless. 
Now you take people from Bitcoin that have been involved in Bitcoin, and they're used to volatility, and all of a sudden they, you start hearing more and more talk about food and what have you. Look at lumber, what it's done. Look at what rice did a year ago, went to 24, I think it was. And all of a sudden, what are you going to have? You're going to have probably some money coming out of Bitcoin going into raw commodities. When that happens, these markets are going to start to become even more explosive. But I'm wondering, and I, I've got to go back and look, but it just seems to me like we're, we've got this methodical behavior. Well, you go back to 68, 69, 70, when we had the government getting out of the ASCS, USDA, getting out of the grain sites you know, where they stored uh, farmers' grains. So what is the best way, Sue, for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. Just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss not suitable for all investors. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.